talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome to View from the West podcast. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong, once again, joined by Mitch Stormer. Mitch, this week, we're talking about the superlatives, the best of the spring of 2021. We recapped week six a week ago, but now we're diving into the overall, the best of the best from this spring 2021 season. And Mitch, it was as unique as any football season we've ever seen. But man, it was exciting too. There was plenty of great football to talk about. Yeah, from team performances that we weren't expecting to maybe even teams that we were, um, to players that were continuing on, you know, two, three years of awesome, you know, awesome numbers, awesome, you know, records. Um, Yeah, just an incredible spring season that we might not have uh, been totally expecting. Yeah, I'm just, you know, you know, looking at this podcast in particular, I wasn't sure when I was going to start a podcast. I wanted to start it, you know, back in fall of 2020, which never happened. So we came to this spring and I thought, I don't know if this is the right time. Is it going to be, is there going to be football to talk about? And if there is, is it going to be the same? Man, I'm glad, I'm glad we jumped in now because it, it seems perfect you know the momentum is all there heading into the fall so tons to talk about here and before we get to that fall season we got to look back on this spring 2021 and let's talk about the best of the best so we're going to go through Mitch we've talked about it we've debated let's go through and talk about several different categories for our view from the west best ofs so now these awards are going to teams from the Western Big Six, the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, the Lincoln Trail Conference, and the Northwest Upstate Illini. Those are the teams we cover. That's the majority of the Western side of the state that we're talking about here. So we're going to start with the surprise teams from 2021. So let's go through what are some of the candidates? What are some of our surprise teams? Yeah, well, you you know, you look at a team like United Township who was coming in with an incredible losing streak in the Western big six and for everything that they did going four and two and, you know, the, the offensive numbers that they put up there, they're certainly uh, a contender in this category. Um, looking elsewhere in those teams that we've talked about, maybe a team like Fulton who uh, goes four and one uh, got up to number three uh, ranking in one, a put up a heck of a fight against a, a incredibly strong Princeton team in the final game of the year. I will say about Fulton, I think that we knew that they would be good. We thought they'd be good. I don't know if we expected them to be as good as they yeah. were. They right. were four and one, and they were a dominant team, even in the game they lost against Princeton, one of the best teams in class 3A. Man, they showed up and they played hard for four quarters, and they came up a little bit short. But I, I think that's why they're one of the teams that could be a surprise team for us because of the way that they played this year. Right, right. Um, I'm a, Another one, just thinking maybe more outside the box, a team that we didn't think of too much, the Sherrard Tigers. They only play a four-game season this year. Um, 
uh, four game schedule, I should say, they go three and one. Uh, another team like UT that was, you know, maybe struggling to put up wins in their conference. Um, and even in a short game schedule, the Tigers showed up. Um, and uh, a team that was really senior driven, I think they had 16, close to 20, maybe seniors on that team. And so it, it's a, a longstanding work uh, effort that went into a, a put in a season like they had this spring. Yeah, huge credit to those seniors at Sherrard to show up and, you know, kind of change the culture a little bit and kind of change the narrative of Sherrard football over the past few years in, you know, what limited action they had, man, they took advantage of it and they come away with three wins. I think a team that stands out to me when we talk about surprise teams, how about Milledgeville? Their yeah. last go around in 11 man football and they finish it at four and two. So a good effort from them. And, you know, just a team that kind of stood out for me in the beginning, they started winning games early this season in spring. And it was, you know, kind of caught, caught me off guard a little bit because they had been struggling for some wins and, um, you know, good to see them build a little positive momentum heading into the fall. Yeah. So Mitch, if that, if that brings up all of our candidates, who are you going with? Who are you locking down as your surprise team of 2021? Yeah, in, in this category, it's it's an easy pick. It's UT, uh, United Township. Uh, again, a, a team that we talked about that had, what was it, 47 games, uh, a losing streak in the Western Big Six. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, earlier, <laughs> earlier you called it an incredible losing streak. I don't think, I don't think I, that well, Nick Welch would want it. To be edit called that, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Edit that out. Um, yeah. Edit that out. Uh, no disrespect. No disrespect. Just uh, speaking a tongue. Um, but yeah. And, and there were, there were numerous records like that where they were longstanding records that you might not have been associated with yep. um, both in terms of winning, you know, even three games as a team, not just in the conference, but three games overall in a season that they hadn't done in something like 17, 18 years. So, um, and even with all that, they started 0-2, and then they won four straight. So um, incredible offensive numbers from them. Uh, you know, Kane Smith, we talked about him all season on the podcast, how, how good of a year he hit. That that line, uh, they probably had close to 1,700 rushing yards this season in six games. So um, a great way to, to end the season with a big win at Sterling, something that UT certainly has not been in a place to do. Uh, so they're going to – they're going to win my surprise team superlative uh, for the spring. Yeah. Nick Welch is a head coach that we have to talk to this off season. Yeah. He's, he's top of my list. I gotta, I gotta pick his brain about this season and kind of what went into it and then what transpired and, and, and the results that came along with it. That's a great pick, but I'm going to pivot and my surprise team of this 2021 spring season is the 6-0 and Rockridge Rockets. Yep. They're led by two juniors, really. I mean, it's it's two juniors leading the way for them in Peyton Locke and Braden Dean. I mean, those guys were names that we hadn't talked about necessarily coming into the season, and yeah. we're talking about them a lot now, and for good reason. They put up huge numbers this year, and they just – you talk about that momentum building – into next season, man, they got it all there. Peyton, Peyton Locke rushed for a thousand yards. Braden Deem threw for a thousand yards this season. So, and also Nate Henry breaks the school record for receiving yards in a career. And when you consider the fact that 
this was only six games. So he's kind of yeah. cut short a little bit on trying to break career records. And there he is getting it done. So credit to Rock Ridge and credit to what Coach Henry has got going there because this is a team that the future is bright and it's a team that was, it's a program that was looking to bounce back. So I'm saying that's my, that's my surprise team in 2021. Yeah, and I, and I might have a small correction for you if I'm remembering this right. Locke might be a sophomore, so he might have more than more oh my than gosh. one season going yeah. back. Well, there you go. So <laughs> there you go. The future is even brighter than what I just predicted. Yeah. So right. yeah, tons of work left to be done there, and, and they're well on their way. All right, so Mitch, now we're going to pivot to our team to watch heading into the fall of 2021. So what I mean is this is a team – that was maybe 500 or below. We got to pick a team that maybe didn't get the results this year, but we think the future is bright. Somebody that we need to be watching for heading to the fall. You know, a team that stands out to me, if we're going to go through all of our candidates here, one team to watch, I'm going to go to the Northwest Upstate Illini in Orangeville. They're moving to eight-man football next year. They struggled this year, but they got a big win in week six over Milledgeville, who's also going down to eight-man. I just think the move to eight-man plus the way that program's been going the last two years, I think that's a team to watch. They didn't get the wins this year, but I think that the future is going to be brighter for them. What other teams, what other candidates do we have for teams to watch? Yeah, well, I think we're going to stay in one conference for for three other contenders for this uh, for this category. I'll start with Geneseo, uh, a team that we talked about that they were maybe implementing a new offense, uh, you know, introducing the spread uh, out there and maybe started slow. And then as the weeks went on, you really saw them start to put that offense together uh, quicker than maybe should be expected when you're doing an offensive philosophy change like that. But they get to three and three. you know, a tough loss at the end of the year to Moline, but they were uh, very close to having a win, winning record this year. And I expect they will when uh, when we get back on the field in five months. Yeah, absolutely. If we're sticking in the Western Big Six and we're talking about teams that are exciting to watch going into next year with the talent they have, man, I think we have to bring up Moline Maroons, Alec Ponder, and, and what, what they've done on that offense. Coach Morrissey has some offensive weapons coming back next year. Yeah. When you've got the top passer and the top receiver coming back, and I'm talking about Alec Ponder and Matthew Bailey, uh, you've got two good, good players uh, that are really going to set the tone in a conference. that's going to be really competitive. So I think, yeah, I agree with you there. That uh, that Moline coming off a two and four year um, that they're going to be a team that can really shine in the, in the fall. Yeah. And I've, you know, in talking to other people, you know, around the conference, you know, they're nervous about having to go up against this Moline team next year because you saw what they did this year. So there's just, yeah, it's a dynamic offense. And, you know, I, I saw a funny tweet that uh, Mike Leach Morrissey in Moline, yeah. you know, he's going, he's going air raid offense for the Maroons. I love yeah. it, man. I'm all in for it. Let's, <laughs> let's bring not? the, let's bring the big 12 to the big six. I'm yep. all in on that. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay in the Western big six actually. And I'm going to call it out my team to watch. We haven't named him yet, but I'm going to name it right now. My team to watch moving forward is Galesburg. Mm -hmm. We talked about Galesburg early in the year. They had a couple big wins early. Their quarterback Grant Ayton went out with an injury. He was followed up by Tristan Legate who played well, stepped in well at quarterback as only a sophomore. They have 
Dre Egyptiaco coming back. Um, actually, Egyptiaco brothers are both going to be back. Yeah. And they also have Hunter Davina, who did some work on offense and defense. And there's other names that I, you know, I'm not, you know, don't have time to name all of them, but they have a lot of right. junior talent on that Galesburg team who I think showed promise. They showed spark, but it didn't quite result this year in, in the win column. But man, I think it's coming. That's my team to watch going into 2021, fall yeah. of 2021. Yeah. Um, and I think I'll piggyback that with saying that, that the team that I would pick as the team to watch would be Moline uh, for all yeah. the reasons that we, that we talked about uh, a dynamic offense, you know, Alec Ponder threw for, uh, I think it was over 1500 yards and, and 20 scores in six games this, this spring um, and, and top target, Matthew Bailey coming back. So uh, coach Morrissey, if he's going to be installing that, that, like you said, that air raid offense, he's got the weapons to do it um, because I think I mentioned that they went two and four, but strong showings, most notably against uh, the games that they played against Rocky and Sterling games that they probably, uh, I'm not going to say that they, they should have won, but that they certainly could have. So a um, couple of things break their way. You're talking about a whole different dynamic, but uh, this is a team that I'm looking to bounce back here uh, in the fall. Yeah, that's the thing is for a lot of these teams we've just discussed, a few breaks go a little bit different and we're having a different conversation about this team. Yeah. But as it sits, I think there's a lot of talent with these teams we've discussed and they're going to be in the conversation come the fall. Yep. All right, Mitch, we're moving down now to game of the year. And what's really interesting to me is when we're talking about game of the year, a couple of them that stand out to me right away, and I know they're fresh and top of mind, but they just happened in week six. And I just feel like this schedule set itself up so perfectly for some of these games. I'm starting with one of the candidates, Sterling United Township. That, that, yep. that game has to be listed here as one of the best games. Yeah. Uh, you know, a back and forth game that, is in the conversation for game of the year when at the beginning of the season, maybe we weren't thinking that because UT was coming off of the aforementioned losing streak and Sterling was the defending champ. So yeah, an unbelievable game to watch. We both had the pleasure to be able to, to see that or, or uh, listen to it in any way. Um, for me, one that stands out just from three days ago is Fulton and Princeton, the, you know, yep. the quote unquote state championship for coach Ryan Pearson, uh, two of the top teams in, you know, small ball, Illinois, um, with a team that in Fulton that we was in our surprise team of the year, uh, against Princeton, who has had, you know, the defending state champ or sorry, the defending conference champs and, and a longstanding, uh, you know, success rate there. Um, that game was awesome. And again, it's fresh because it's only three days old, but I think that one stands out uh, season wide for sure. Yeah. Another game that stands out to me in candidates for game of the year, it's a game we hyped up a lot a few weeks ago, Newman and Princeton. Mm -hmm. Princeton comes away with a win. Newman falls for their only loss of the season. So that was a game that was really hyped up and now was kind of overshadowed a little bit. But that was the game that head coach Ryan Pearson for Princeton called their semifinal game against yeah. Newman. And they got that win. And then they moved on to what he called their state championship right. against Fulton. So that was a game that I look back on that that was a great game against two really good programs, two really solid teams this year, you know, in this spring season. And Princeton was able to come away with the win there. Um, looking down the list, the Western Big Six was full of games yeah. that were great, you know. Rock Island Moline early in the season. 
or mm-hmm. United Township and Rock Island early in the season. Two yeah. games that were really eye-openers at the time and games that really were what we saw early as like, wow, this is a dy- a lot of dynamic offense in this league. Yeah, that Rocky Moline game that kicked off the year, you know, that was the Eli Reese and Alec Ponder show through the air. I don't yep. have the stats on me, but a uh, classic Rocky and Moline game that, that Rocky came out on top of. And then the UT Rocky game, um, shortly after that, that was when maybe to us or maybe to the listening area that you heard Kane Smith because he had 200 yards at halftime. And that was one of the first games too, that we thought if UT can play like this, they're going to win. And then I think it was after that game that they won four straight. Yeah, you're right. That was maybe kind of the breakout performance or that time when his name got on the radar. So that certainly is a game that is a candidate for game of the year. One more game that I'm going to throw into the list here. Mercer County got the win over Ridgewood early in this season. And Ridgewood, it was a great game. Mercer County had rallied back to score a touchdown late in the fourth quarter. Ridgewood then went straight back downfield. They used the clock well, got down to a last-second attempt. They threw a pass into the end zone, which was caught, but said the wide receiver had stepped one foot out of bounds. I've never seen the play on video, but from what I've heard, it was an amazing catch that was maybe an inch or, you know, maybe a couple of grass blades short of being a completed pass. So that's another game that came down to the wire for a Ridgewood team that was very good this year and a Mercer County team that finished at four and one, or four and two this year as well. But Mitch, we got to pick one Yeah. For game of the year, spring 2021. Where are you going? I'm going to, I'm going to go. Like you said, all these games were, were so good, but with, with what was on the line and with both teams being undefeated, I'm going Fulton Princeton. Um, you know, a, a season where Fulton kind of shines through maybe brighter than they have. They were always good. Uh, and this was a, a, they get to five and oh, you know, uh, so they were up 17 and a half. Uh, and that's when, you know, the, those, those Princeton legacy names, you know, Tyler Gibson, Rondé Worrells, they came to, they came to shine and they, they brought the Tigers all the way back. Um, they end up winning 49 to 38, but uh, in, in that game, Gibson and Fulton's quarterback, Connor Barnett, combined for over 600 yards of offense. So, you know, we talk about the Big 12 and the Western Big Six all the time. Uh, kind of started to peek through in, in the track uh, on Friday night. So, uh, yeah, Princeton getting the 49-38 win over Fulton. That is my game of the year. What about you? Mitch, my game of the year, I'm going to the Western Big Six. I'm going United Township over Sterling. The same yeah. reasons that you said United Township was your surprise team of the year. That's where I'm going with United Township on this because this was back and forth. This was a shootout game and United Township came to play against a great Sterling program at Sterling. And I just, I I give huge credit to Nick Welch and to that team to where, man, you could tell like they were confident. They were playing with so much confidence, even down 10 in the fourth quarter and man, they drive downfield, they get the touchdown, their defense forces Sterling to punt, yep. they get the ball back, and they got to go, I think it was like 87 yards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Guess who it is? Kane Smith <laughs> right. running off 65 yards. And they actually get backed up where Kane Smith was called 
or United Township was called when they tried to pull him into the end right. zone, called right. for a penalty. And I watching the game live and I thought, oh man, that's a killer. You're on the right. goal line and this penalty brings you back five yards. And for me watching, you know, as a, as an observer, and I think that's, that's a, that's a deadly penalty right now. And man, it did not phase them. It did not phase that team. And then Christian Kaiser, United Township tight end, calling the play in the huddle and Nick Welch having the confidence in his team to say, all right, let's do it. And it's a jump pass from uh, Gadian into the end zone to Kaiser. Just what an effort, what a play call. And it was just, it was electric for that team to get that win. That's my game of the year. Yeah. Well, it's one thing that we didn't mention last week when we, when we recapped this game, when, UT got down to that goal line with under a minute or, or whatever it was. They need it on first down. Because, yes, they did. Because Sterling only had one timeout left. So UT having the confidence that they think they're going to score, they take a knee on first down to force Sterling to take their timeout so they can't stop the clock once they do score. Because if you're Sterling, maybe you're just going to let Kane Smith or whoever walk in to conserve some clock and, and keep that timeout. UT decides you're not going to do that. We're going to kneel it. And then, as you said, they don't get in on, on second down. They get a penalty on either second down or third down or whatever it was. And then you're thinking, Ooh, like, yeah, eh, maybe you shouldn't have taken that knee. But then that, that gutsy play call uh, just caps off your game of the year. And, and for good reason, because it was awesome. Yeah, I just, it was so many good games this year and you can't go wrong. You know, both games we picked, which is what I love. Both games we picked were week six. We're Friday night of week six of this season. And man, for having no playoffs to look forward to, that kind of filled that gap a little bit. It it really did. I I was, man, I was loving it. I was live streaming both games at the same time and getting my football fix. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yep. So Mitch, now let's move into the view from the West MVP, the player yeah. of the year in our, okay. you know, in our little listening area here. Yeah. So many candidates, so many players right. we've talked about putting up astonishing numbers. Some we've already mentioned, you know, uh, Peyton Locke and Braden Dean from Rock Ridge. We've already mentioned them. We've mentioned Kane Smith coming up huge for United Township all year long. And mm-hmm. especially in that Sterling game, which we just talked about. But Mitch, there's more. Who else you got? So many more. Yeah. Let me let me give you almost 200 combined career touchdowns <laughs> in Anon Weathersfield quarterback Colton Quagliano and Aquin quarterback Will Gustafson. Let me say that again. Almost 200 career touchdowns. And I think, if I'm remembering this right, 16,000 total yards between the two of them. So – uh, just, and that's, and that's in a career, but, um, you know, they certainly added to that and that, and that even gives credence to that record because this season was only six games. So, um, you know, Quaglano leads his team to the LTC title Gustafson, they win the, uh, NUIC South. Um, just like you said, names that we, we talk about all the time staying in the conference, Hunter Hoffman had, uh, Absolutely. you know, plenty of games on, on that Dupac offense, which was so dynamic. Um, and they do a lot of jet sweep passes and, uh, you know, they're, they're very attacking the fields, you know, downhill, so to speak. Um, a great year for him. He's coming back. Um, 
Yeah, and Noe Aponte, Alec Ponder, guys from Western Big Six. Just there were so many, so many players um, that had standout performances. But for the sake of this podcast, we only got to pick one. So where do you think you're going here? Yeah, you know, I got to say that in the Western Big Six, when we talk about that Big 12 mentality moving in now, I think it started with Alec Ponder. You know, I, yeah. I think that's that he kind of brought it in with his passing attack but i think for my mvp for my player of the year i gotta stick in the western big six and it's on the ground it's kane smith Mm -hmm. it's what he did for this program and for this team in particular this year man he 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 took them on his back and he carried them and i'm saying along with that let's give a shout out to the ut offensive line right they played a dynamic they played in a dynamic offense and they led the way they created some holes for him and he knew how to take advantage of it. That's my, that's my player of the year. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm echoing you on this one because I don't think you can go any other way. No discredit to any of those players, but Case Smith ran for 1400 yards in six games. That's, you know, something like 236 per game. He had over three touchdowns a game. And he led UT to a, a dynamic rise from where they were to where they finished. So, yeah, I agree with you on this one because I, I don't know what that average is out to be over a season. Hard to say if he would have maintained that. I don't have any reason to believe that they wouldn't have because, um, you know, UT played some of the toughest teams in the Western Big Six. So, yeah, to, to put up those type of numbers in six games, it's, it's an easy pick for me and for you. Uh, Kane Smith, senior running back for uh, UT. Yeah, well, we're we're in lockstep with uh, Coach Big Pete. If you follow Deep Dish Football on Twitter, yeah, he follows football all around the state. So I mean, you know, Kane Smith is our Player of the Year. You know, on the Western side for the conferences and the teams that we cover, but Kane Smith was his 2021 Spring Deep Dish Football Player of the Year. So huge credit to United Township and to Kane Smith for getting an accolade from a guy who covers football around the state, you know, coach right. Big Pete and deep dish football, he does a great job and he sees a lot of football. So right. if he's going Kane Smith, I think we made the, the perfect choice. I, I think yep. it absolutely is Kane Smith. So yep. we'll move along. Mitch, we got our player of the year. Now we need our team of the year. And again, a lot of great candidates in here. Who, who, who comes to mind? Obviously, maybe United Township as a team of the year. We might as well start there. The surprise team of the year for me, the player of the year in Kane Smith. So, yeah, they're, they're an automatic pick for uh, for a candidate anyway, for a team of the year to to go from where they were to to even just this year alone going 0-2 and then winning four straight. Um, yeah, they're absolutely a candidate for team of the year. If you stay in the conference – Look at Sterling, who, you know, the defending conference champions, yep. they come back and, and do it again, whether it's it's made up or, or whatever. They go five and one with that only loss being to UT in the last uh, couple seconds. But a great year. They overcame a lot of different challenges from personnel changes, COVID problems, um, and just general problems that you have when you rebuild a team that goes nine and zero in the regular season the year before. Um, where else Where else are you looking at here on this list of the team of the year? Well, I think you have to look at, you know, we already named him in our surprise team, but Rock Ridge is a team yep. that stands out to me. Yep. And Fulton is a team that stands yep. out to me. Um, 
Anawan Weathersfield played great this year. And that's a team that we knew coming in would be great. And they, they performed, you know, they had, they had one hiccup. They had one, you know, loss against Ridgewood, but the rest of the way they took care of business in the Lincoln trail um, Princeville up until the last week of the season played really well, you know, yep. and they lost to a good Anawan Weathersfield team. So I think there's another yep. team that you look at. Um, and I, it's weird. It's hard to judge team of the year. Cause you look at a team like Newman, Newman only right. played four games. They go three and one. Their only loss is to Princeton, who we've talked about right. being so good. So, you know, I think that's another team you, you have to kind of toss in there as well. Um, what about in the Northwest Upstate Illini, Dupec and Aquin? Yeah, du- Dupec, Aquin, Lee Wynn. Lee Wynn's yeah. only loss was to, to Princeton. They're, they're the defending 1A state champs, and their only loss was to the 3A team. So, yep. yeah, th- this just, again, you – you have so many teams that are vying for that top spot. To me, it's a clear pick, but everyone else, every team that we just mentioned is like tied for second because they're all so very good and had such good seasons. All right. Well, Mitch, what is your clear pick for the team of the year? Clear pick. uh, No one has a resume like this team did uh, defeated three unbeatens throughout the year, um, two defending state champs, one team that was ranked high in 1A. It's the Princeton Tigers. They're my team of the year. Uh, undefeated in the track again, would have made a serious run in 3A had the playoffs been a thing um, or if this was a full season. Uh, and like I said, they defeat defending state champs and Lee Wynn to start the year. Uh, they beat Newman pretty convincingly, really two scores, three scores, whatever that was um, in the second to last week of the year. And then they cap off a comeback win. It was my game of the year, uh, Princeton versus Fulton um, against a very strong, very good Fulton team. So no one put up wins like Princeton did. I don't think in, in, you know, in my mind. So uh, congrats to coach Pearson um, and the whole Princeton Tiger team, because they are uh, my team of the year. A lot of great teams out there, like we've discussed, but I'll save the drama. I'm with you. I'm Princeton. Yeah. I think yeah. that's that's the team of the year in our area. And it's a lot of what you said. And I, I just, I think what pushed me over the top for them was to be trailing at home against a, good, a very good Fulton team and to yeah. see that resilience and that comeback to finish this year undefeated, to kind of complete the job that they wanted to do. You know, in talking to Ryan Pearson before the season started, they knew there was no playoffs. They knew that there was not going to be as much as what they would have hoped for. But ultimately they knew they had, they knew they could control the six games they had on their schedule and credit to them. They got the job done and man, it looked, it looked tough. You know, Princeton well, really, yeah. or Fulton really threw it at them and they got the job done. Right. And even going back to uh, the start of the season where they were looking for a week one opponent, and they decide to pick the defending 1A state champions in Lena Winslow. Um, so they they shown that they weren't going to shy away from a challenge. That was a, a game that everyone, you know, once they knew that both teams were looking for opponent, that was a game that everybody wanted to see. Um, you know, they took care of business in, in, in that game. And then they avenged their loss last year to Newman. So they played with all the heart in the world this year against a lot of tough teams. And they come out standing above them all. So congrats once again uh, to Princeton. 
Yeah, and you know, just to give you know name to a couple you know players, seniors, Tyler Gibson, the quarterback, Rondé Worrell's running back, and also played a little bit on defense as well. Those were impact players for the last few years for this Princeton Tiger team. Credit yeah. to them and credit to all the seniors that were you know there and ready to answer the call, man, and get that job done and finish at six and zero. Yep. So that leads me into what we're going to call our kind of legacy award. So I think that, you know, Mitch, me and you agree that there's so many good seniors that only had six games this year. They only yeah. had, you know, a short schedule with no playoffs, but guys that have been doing it for three years, some even for four years. So we're calling it our legacy award, you know, names that stand out immediately. You're looking at names we just mentioned. Tyler Gibson from Princeton. Rondé Worrells from Princeton. Mitch, where else do you go when you think of those seniors that need yeah. to be recognized? Well, two guys that were up for player of the year. Um, and I mentioned the type of career numbers that they had. Um, but Colton Quagliano from Anwan Weathersfield. Yep. Um and Will Gustafson with Aquin, just unbelievable offensive numbers, um, terrific athletes, um, guys that, like we have said on the show before, that you wanted them to have a chance to show what they could do. If it's six games, if it was four, if it was, if it happened to have been a full season this spring, whatever it was, you wanted that chance for these kids to shine. And they absolutely did. Not just this season, but it just it added to their, their legacy. Yeah. One more name that I want to toss in there too. Noah Aponte from Sterling, man, mm -hmm. he, he answered the call, you know, game in and game out for this Sterling team going back to last year or going back to 2019 as well. And especially, you know, you talk about coming into his final game of his senior football season and he's asked to be quarterback, you know, desperate times, call for you know whatever needs to happen and he's the he's the next man up for quarterback yeah. and like we talked about in last week's episode he stepped in and you would have hardly even noticed it because yeah. he's just such a dynamic playmaker and he was able to move the ball effectively they put up 44 points you know it was three points short of what they would have probably really wanted to get the win but man it's just such an effort from a team that was short players like we talked about and they, you know, they had their issues going into the week. And uh, I just, overall, he's one of the kids that I think should be mentioned in this award. Yeah. So Mitch, we have the legacy award. I'll, I'll start with you. Where are you going? I, I'm going to, I'm going to go. And we, we talked about this off, off air uh, that you could, you could, all those four guys that we mentioned, you could give them all to, you know, all it's of them hard. Have, a, have a case. Yep, it's hard. So no, so I don't mean anything against anybody else, but maybe one of the best athletes in our area in a long, long time, not just on the football field, on the basketball court and on the baseball field. My legacy award is going to go to Anon Weathersfield, Colton Quagliano. Let me let me run this down for you. Yeah. Yes, please do. In terms, of, in terms of legacy, through the air, 6,424 yards, 75 touchdowns. Adding to it on the ground, 1,622 yards, 
24 touchdowns for a total, a legacy, a career offense, 8,064 yards and 99 touchdowns. Like, how can you, like, wow. how can you debate that? <laughs> like, how can you look at that and think that he doesn't deserve this? And I, uh, thinking of when Princeville won the LTC, he might've won four conference championships. And he certainly led AW, uh, in 2019 on a deep playoff run, uh, yep. to the semifinals. I think it was. Yep. Um, and, and again, it, in addition to all the success that he's had in other sports and just in general, he's just a special talent that the area is certainly going to miss. Um, and we, we're excited to see what happens, uh, what happens next. But uh, Colton Quagliano is, is my legacy pick here. Mitch, I got to take it aside real quick. Cause you called out all those numbers. Those stats are courtesy of Brian stocking. That's right. At, at Brian stocking on Twitter. You got to follow along, man. He is, he is a wealth of information. And those were like, whoa, he has been tracking this. He had yeah. those numbers so, yeah. Saturday morning. Impressive. Right. So so if I missed a single yard or if, if you got over 100 touchdowns, do not blame me. That is That Twitter handle is at Brian Sagging. You can tell him that you had over 100 touchdowns. But uh, from his numbers, like you said, over 8,000 yards, 99 career touchdowns. All right, Mitch. I'm left with my legacy award here now. And Colton Quagliano is one that would certainly be in my, in my mix. That's a guy that that's a kid that I would have talked about, yeah. but I won't go there since you already did it. I'm going to cheat a little bit. It's, you know, I'm calling it a tie between Rondé Worrells of Princeton and Will Gustafson of Aquin. Yeah. I yeah. can't, I just can't, but if you're taking Colton Quagliano, which is great. I can't leave one of those guys out. So I, I got to pick both of them. Looking at the numbers for Rondé Worrells in Princeton, he had over 4,400 yards. That's a school and a county record. Thank mm-hmm. you to head coach Ryan Pearson for getting back to me and giving me those numbers. He also finished with over 70 touchdowns, which is another school and county record. So, yeah. man, that kid was doing work. And we saw it for the past four years. It just felt like the way he was so productive early on, you couldn't believe he was only a sophomore at the time, you know, and to see his career play out and best of luck to him moving on to Northern Illinois. um, You know, whether he plays offense or defense, that's the thing. I didn't even mention his defensive numbers that were also very impressive. He's just, he was just a football player all the way around. That, that's my first legacy award. And like I said, I'm going to cheat a little bit. And I'm also going to name Will Gustafson from Aquin. Yeah. Because I just, I, we can't leave him out of this conversation. We talked about right. it last week on the podcast in our week six review. But he broke the NUIC record for career touchdowns. He had seven touchdowns, including a punt return for a touchdown in that right. game in week six. So that set him up with, an NUIC record of 93 career offensive touchdowns, but you add to he had 96 touchdowns total. That was also an NUIC record. So just unbelievable numbers. And we're talking about the Northwest Upstate Illini here, Mitch. They have players, talented players going back 30 years or more. And it's just to see these kind of record-breaking numbers, huge credit to him. 
and to what he's been able to accomplish and credit to Aquin because they, they showed up this year and they had a great season. So I'm, I'm going to yeah. cheat. I'm going those two Ronde Worrells and Will Gustafson. Did you, I'm sorry. Did you have Ronde's career touchdowns? I, all I had was over 70. Okay. So let's, let's just say 70. Yeah. If you take, if you take Gustafson, Quagliano and Worrells, and I think I, I'm trying to remember Gustafson's numbers, but I'm pretty sure they're very similar to um, Quagliano's, at least in terms of total. I think yep. um, uh, Gustafson runs more, but I think they both had right around 8,000 career yards. Yep. So 8,000 for Quagliano, 8,000 for Gustafson, 4,000 for Worrells. That's 20,000 career <laughs> yards. Uh, Gustafson had... 96 career yep, touchdowns. Correct. Uh, Quagno had 99. 99. And Worlds had 70 ish. Yep. So you're looking at 270 touchdowns between these three guys and 20,000 yards. I mean, yeah. You, you know, what's nice, you know, what's special about high school football is there's always going to be a, a kid that comes along that puts up numbers like that. And maybe there is one that is is hanging on the sidelines right now, waiting to to do the same. And and we're we'll be excited to see it. But it'll be hard to follow <laughs> those six shoes, so to speak, because those are <laughs> their legacy numbers. I mean, you know, um, just unbelievable to to have that sort of talent in our in our area to to enjoy for for four seasons. Yeah. Well, going back to the start of the season and talking to head coach Logan Willits from Anawan Weathersfield and talking to Princeton head coach Ryan Pearson about Worrells and Quagliano. They both talked in the same breath about how they were such a leader for the program and they were setting an example for the kids that were younger than them, but then also the kids that were, you know, watching in junior high and coming up in the feeder systems. And the same thing goes for Will Gustafson too. You know, you hear Kyle Kampmeyer talk about, kind of that fiery competitiveness that Gustafson has and just that impact that, you know, he is, he is a dynamic playmaker and a leader for that Aquin program. And it, it, I mean, did so much for them that it's just, you know, the legacy award is so deserving for all of them. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's awesome to be able to talk about. And yeah, we hope that maybe some names we've talked about on and off this year, they'll be the next ones, you know, they'll be the names right. that are, we're saying, we saw them play for three years or four years and look what they accomplished. So, right. Yep. It's awesome. Mitch, that's, that's kind of the 2021 spring season in a nutshell. I yeah. we talked a little bit about it last week, but you know, I think what stands out to you overall about this, this spring season, it's certainly unlike anything we'd ever seen before. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you just, re-listen to this episode and you you know you remind yourself of the surprises that you saw and the great games that we saw and the great players and performances and legacy players um you know it was everything that we wanted to have um both just in terms of of having a football season um and a fitting end to really good careers so yeah this season was was more than we had hoped for. I think, um, you know, four games, six games, whatever, whatever teams had on their schedules. 
Um, so happy for them that they were able to to complete that, um, and, and happy for us um, that we got to see it because it was uh, it was a lot of fun talking about it all year. Yeah, it's like I talked about last week. It was just refreshing. It, it was so refreshing to watch high school football again, regardless of how it looked or kind of the the structure of all of it. It was fun and teams and players that we've just talked about, they showed up and man, they made it exciting. And it went right down to the wire. Week six was probably the best week of football we saw all year. And, you know, thank you to whoever scheduled it the way they did that these games worked out (laughs) great. It was right. It was such exciting football all the way down to the end, you know, and it, and it motivates me. It excites me to, to jump right in. And here we are, we're, you know, about a hundred ish days away from getting the fall football season started. And that seems crazy, but it's, it's great. It's going to be a lot of excitement coming into the fall. So we'll keep the conversation going. And now Mitch, this football season has been exciting, but next week is really exciting because we are going to give the UniView power rankings top 10. Now, yep. Mitch, we've gone back. You can, you know, you everybody, if you haven't seen them, go on to our YouTube channel at View from the West podcast, search it on YouTube, find the UniView recaps from every conference, the Western Big Six, the Three Rivers Athletic, the Northwest Upstate Illini, and the Lincoln Trail. And we give the full recap of those conferences and their uniforms, what looks good, what we like, the best of the best, but now we really got to break it down. Mitch, do you have an idea of like what your top 10 is? Or are we really going to go into this battling it out? Um, yeah, I think it'll take too long to do <laughs> a, sh- a show to narrow it from, I think it's 21, I think yes. yep. um, down to 10. So we're going to have to do that I separately. Think we'll, we'll come into it kind of having a, maybe like 15 teams that we could, okay. maybe something like that, but I think we'll give our, we'll give our rankings and then we'll have to sort it out. Well, and that's, and that's, that's part of it too, because some teams that we might've selected, we might've been going off old information. And so some teams, so some teams had upgrades, some teams had downgrades. So, (laughs) um, or, you know, they might've introduced a new alternate Jersey that we weren't aware about. Orion did it. Orangeville had like three ones that we had no idea about. So, um, Dupac had a new one. Right. So yeah, it'll be, teams that we might've ranked in a certain way in a conference might sit in a different spot, even within their conference, or if they were third in their conference, they might be third overall. So yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be hard because it's uh, uh, a lot of good looks out there uh, in the, uh, in the listing area, but we're, we're the ones that are up to the task to do it. I'm, I'm all about it. We're going to, we're going to figure this out. We're going to, we're going to get down to a top 10, the Uniview yeah. power rankings, top 10, that's coming next week, but that'll do it. That will wrap up the spring 2021 season. Every football season goes fast. This one went particularly fast, but man, I really think that it was just as exciting as any fall football season yeah. we've seen. It was, it was great. So Mitch, yep. thank you so much for sticking around, for talking football yep. with us. This has been great. Yeah. The thanks to, uh, to everyone who has, uh, has followed along with us because it's been fun for, for you and me. And it's been fun to see our downloads or our YouTube views or our Twitter 
followers, you know, go up every week. So, um, you know, if you like the content, we're, we're happy to, to share that with you and, and glad you're uh, along for the ride with us. Absolutely. Yep. I completely agree. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened. This will do it for the spring 2021, you know, discussion, but stick around next week. We'll be talking about the uniforms, like we just said. And then in the following weeks where you might dive back into some coaches interviews and we'll still be talking football in this off season. So stick around. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week for the UniView Power Rankings.